0: hello everyone and welcome to the best player wins podcast where we believe that winning is winning no matter by how little or by how much Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've actually been able to do a podcast here so this one might be a little longer um both sean's that are represented here you guys will see them they were supposed to be here last week but got a little busy had to push it back so welcome cowls back to another episode and boat right welcome to your very first episode of the podcast
1: thank you but
0: uh yeah, it's good to have you guys on. Well, again, we'll, we'll kind of start off, do a little recap, just let everyone know kind of how this episode is going to go about. We're going to do the recap of the last two weeks, um, you know, biggest upsets, biggest takeaways, so on. And then kind of that episode will kind of continue as normal after that. Um, and then we do have in the trade segment below. Trades that have kind of processed over the past two weeks, those will also be spoken about as well. So that segment will probably be a little long. Yeah, yeah, plenty of trades
2: we got yeah, to talk yeah. about. So he takes uh, from from uh, from Mr. Boat right down here. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, kind of get us right into the the prior week's recap. We'll start with uh, week seven. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. Um, what was your guys' biggest upsets for that week? You know, Kyle, we'll start with you, and then Boat right head right over you.
2: All right, I'll, I'll give you a little love here, Eddie. Uh, coming into week seven, uh, while it was the the low guys beating on one another, they both took yeah. a median loss. Gotta be you coming up over Scott, Scott is one of those two top teams in the league putting up over, I think, points forwards over like 1,200 points already. He's got a pretty yep. pretty great gap on it. It's him and Nick and then everybody else. Um, but you come in, he has a down week. You had a down week, but you had just just less of a down week enough to pull yeah, it out. Yeah. Uh, and I was happy to see you pull one out, not just for my standing, but <laughs> but yep. just for you as well. So uh, the Undertaker uh, beating the Ultimate Warrior there. That's mine. How about you, Barrett
1: yeah, so I actually would say the same thing, and I think that everybody kind of saw that one coming. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for the similar reasons, you just don't expect Scott to take, you know, two losses there, let alone – or excuse me, one loss there, let alone two. Um, I think in the interest of being different, though, I'm, I'm going to have to also pick my matchup. Um, I know it was a little little tighter, but I, I'll be honest with you, I was going into this week, like, confident and feeling good. Um, but I think that, like, looking at my box score, just everybody underperformed for me. Besides Josh yeah. Jacobs, who put up 36 points, and I was I was feeling pretty shitty after, or excuse me, pretty bad after that one. So hey,
0: I have an explicit <laughs> thing marked on this, so you can curse all you want. Uh, You're perfect, good.
1: Perfect. <laughs> You're but, good. Uh, yeah, I was feeling pretty bad after that week because that was I just like looking at my Josh Reynolds put up 1.8. He's not great, yeah. but he usually gets more than one target in a game. Like yeah. so, best feeling. Yeah.
0: Um, so. That's actually the matchup that I'm going to go with. I'm I'm, gonna, I'm going with your matchup. Uh, with Kevin, obviously mine was a little closer, um, and it was a little bit more widespread in, t- in terms of, you know, low seed top seed, but, uh, mm. yeah, that was a rough matchup for you. Uh, you took the loss to the median and the head to head loss that week. Um, yeah. so it was a little rough, what going from 10 and four to 10 and six kind of mess you up a little bit in the rankings. And we'll kind of get into that in this next segment as well. Um, but it was a tough one. I mean, Mac Jones <laughs> with not even one point, I, that's a rough one. Um, and just again a few other guys that just underperformed like you mentioned Josh Reynolds didn't do very well I mean your kicker got you some some points yeah um, but oh. other than that nobody else really performed it's, it's, Barry, it's didn't funny. you
1: read the
2: report they were gonna run both quarterbacks that was always the plan according to Belichick
1: yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny because I think I texted Sean the day after I had picked up fields on the waiver wire and going into Monday night I needed like 19 points to win and I was like Who's gonna put up more Fields or Mac? And I was like, I'll just I'll, I'll roll with Mac. And Fields ended up putting like 22 points up, which yep. would have given me a win. <laughs>
0: Listen, he's been turning it around a little bit. It was uh, that that trade early in the season that I made looked really bad there for about four to five weeks. Now it's turned around a little bit. It's still <laughs> yeah. not great, but uh, I dropped him. I was like, I just gotta. I said, I can't really do anything. But he's actually it's, turning around. That offense is moving a little bit. So
1: it's yeah. funny if you're looking for a quarterback, look at who I dropped. Cause like I drafted Goff and early and he, you know, lit up the first like four weeks. Yeah. And then I, I, uh, I picked up fields out of the waiver wire and cut him and then he's lighting up now. So just yep. grab whatever quarterback. That <laughs> <cut every week.
0: laughs> yeah. I'll just keep, I'll just keep looking at that. Cause, uh, I'll tell you what, I take two more head, to, two more losses for the median and head to head done yeah. for the year. Yeah. So, uh, I need to do something. I just don't know if I'm motivated enough to actually want to do something. It's I have a long way to climb. So, yeah, yeah, it's rough. So, but yeah, cool. What were your biggest takeaways from that week? Obviously, you know, we kind of have some some heads up into the following week as well because we kind of know what happened. But you know, what were you guys' takeaways from that past week? So, uh, boat right. I'll throw it back to you.
1: Yeah. So I, I would actually have gone with the the inverse of what my takeaway for this week, Pat, like this most recent week is going to be, and that's like anybody's beatable. Right. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of these matches, like we caught out Scott, we didn't expect him to take a loss there. I was confident going into this week. Um, I'm sure if I look through, there's a couple other ones that I'm surprised at. But, um, you know, we did. Like, I, I took a loss that I just didn't expect. So, um, I, kind of going with what you were saying, like, I, I don't know that I would be throwing this season because there's always a reason or there's always a chance you can pull it back. Um, yeah. You know, that would have been what I thought for that week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He- yeah. And kind of, Cows- go in, ha- yeah, kind of going hand in hand with that. Um, everyone's beatable, but that was the first week we saw the league median really take a dip. Right. Um, if you looked across like the first six weeks, at least two or more teams put up over 150 each week. Um, so there were, there were a couple of boomers each week. I mean, week five, we had four week four, we had eight guys or eight teams score over 150, which is kind of like that understood bar of like, Oh, you put up 150 yeah. points and you're feeling awesome. Um, yeah, but only one team put up over 150 that week. So week seven was we saw defenses start to adjust, lock guys down in real life, and it had a fantasy impact. So because of because of that, we're kind of seeing what Boatwright was talking about in that, um, yeah, anyone can have a down week. Anyone can take an 0-2, and, and it could really change the course of things going into the playoff run. Here. Yep.
0: I uh, I agree with that. And, and mine kind of – my takeaway – spans over a couple weeks uh not necessarily last week but the week prior and honestly it's going to carry over in the last week as well because this individual made some trades and his team is on the climb uh damon is kind of making his way back clawing his way back into the fight and uh you know my biggest takeaway is that season's not over he texted me we were talking about trades probably like three or four weeks ago before he made that big trade and uh he's like just embrace it, man. Our season's over. Blah 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 blah. And look at him; he's clawing his way back. Obviously, he's still in tenth place, but at seven and nine, that middle of the pack there, I think, is, is very open. Um, eight and eight is what sixth place is at right now. So, and that's tied. So he really just needs a, a week or two um, to really turn that thing around and, and be able to do what he needs to do. So, that's my biggest yeah. takeaway. You know, you're never really out of the fight um, that early in a season. Just don't give up. Now. In a situation where I'm at, where I'm two losses away from being cut, that's a little different. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, on the back of that, we can actually just jump right back up to the, the week eight, um, you know, upset. Yep. Damon's the biggest upset for me. He came in and gave me a, a yep. loss, scored over 150, Um, in to speak into exactly what you were talking about, right? Like, he comes in and he has been able to take a couple of 2 0s and, and, and really jam himself into the pack yep. uh, of those teams that are kind of vying for the playoff spot. So, um, I don't know, but Ray, what about you? Did you have a different upset for week eight or same one?
1: No, no. I mean, <laughs> I, like just being honest with ourselves, like that, I, same, same as me, like week seven, like I just would not expect you to take a loss there, um, especially watching like Jalen Hurts perform, uh, you know, on Sunday. It just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't expect that at all, but here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree there. I, you look at some of our other matchups and, and most of them were pretty even across the board and whoever was expected to win really won. Um, obviously Scott's matchup with Mike, uh, that was more of a surprise just because of the amount of points that Scott's team put up compared to, to the prior weeks, he put two Oh four up. Um, and then Mike put, you know, an honorable 152. He still had the league median, but, uh, you know, that one is is expected, you know, I, I figured that can go either way. I think, you know, the way that the score differential was, I think that was a little of a shocker. Um, but yeah, I have to go with David's matchup versus you, uh, Cowles. It was, uh, unfortunate for you that week because not only did you fall under the median, I believe you also took the head-to-head loss. Um, and then Damon went 2-0 over the past three weeks. I, I believe he's 5-1. and one, um, And that's a quick way to turn around your season, going 5-1 and one over three weeks. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a tough one. And, again, my takeaway from that, again, is you, you're, you're never out of it. Damon's kind of clawing his way back into it. So it's exciting to see him do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what you guys got?
2: Uh, From my takeaway, it was seeing some of the big name stars, kind of some of the guys. Now, I know we, we were talking earlier, kind of about, you know, JT not performing, we We're and kind of your, your draft year, and some of the guys who are way under ADP. We yeah. saw some of those game stars kind of finally rise their way up. Biggest one probably is Alvin Kamara, right? Puts up 41 yes. points or 42 points on the week, followed behind him, McCaffrey with 40 or so. Yeah. Um, some of those kind of guys. We saw the resurgence of DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, wasn't playing because of the suspension, but you know, um, some of the guys are finally rising to what their ADP proves to be, and could change yeah. the course of some of these middling packs who've taken maybe a bad loss here or there because guy didn't step up. Um, I think for me, that was what I kind of saw, and will probably what I think will probably trend moving forward. Yeah. Uh, about right, what about it? you?
1: Yeah, I- I'll say similar, like. Basically what you said, I know we talked a little bit about this beforehand. I think the other thing is, like, we're really starting to see, the like, the kind of the top end of the lead board pull away from the rest of us and whenever you look at, like, points scored and stuff like that. Um, but kind of that middle of the pack, me included, it's, it's honestly a toss-up. I was looking, I think that, like, my – and I know that we don't use the percentages on NFL – or, excuse me, ESPN as any kind of strong gauge, but, like, my projected playoff has been steadily dropping for the last four weeks, basically. And so, um, and I think that just really highlights like how close everything from like third through eighth is, third through seventh is. Um, so if you're in those, like I'm not I am not comfortable, I wouldn't be, like if I was, I am in the position, but everybody else, like I'm not comfortable, I'm looking for improvements. I'm trying to figure out how I can kind of solidify, a, you know, at least an entry into the playoffs and I'm going to go from there. Um, but I, I think that's the big thing for me personally.
0: Yeah. And I will say kind of to follow up on that, from fifth to tenth place, there's about a five points sw- or a four game swing or four win loss swing between those two, and that's that's relatively close. Um, especially with some of these matchups that we're going to be getting, um, makes these matchups a lot more fun. Sixth place, I mean, no one's safe in terms of playoff contention from six to ten. Like it's all one two matchups going either direction. Um, so yeah, it's it's exciting and it's fun to see. Obviously. One of those things that we've mentioned earlier before, usually those teams that tend to trade a little bit more usually stay afloat a little longer um, just because they're able to kind of solidify and, and make their teams a little bit stronger uh, going into the postseason. Um, and I think, you know, if we, towards the end of the season, you know, we'll revisit this and, you know, we'll go to the best trader of the season and we'll kind of go out some awards. But I think right now for me, it's, it's gotta be Nick. He's been capitalizing on, people's misery <laughs> all year and uh he's just been putting together a really strong team so again that's going to continue to happen with some of these other guys who've been making trades but yeah that's, that's kind of what i want to look at that in terms of this <laughs> but yeah um biff yeah, you guys have any other comments in terms of our of our recap over the past couple weeks
2: no i think that kind of oh. summarizes where we've gotten to for me I don't know about you Bert. yeah
1: i i I feel the same. I think that we, that's basically caught us all up for the last two weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cool.
0: We'll hop into our, our standings updates. We'll do top six tech kind of top seven, just because of kind of how the the standings have kind of been working out. So I kind of threw that additional one in there. Um, But our top six standings at 14 and two, we have Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, Nick, he's got 1256 points for, uh, which is the league high, I believe right now. So, I'm doing really well. Uh, next, tied for second place. Obviously, points four is that separation, but in terms of record, we have three people there uh, 10 and 6, Ultimate Warrior Scott with 12.23. Uh, 10 and 6, uh, again, we have It Doesn't Matter and Mike with 11.25. Um, at 10 and 6, the Excellence of Execution, Sean B. Uh, at 11.16, Uh, And then from there, we kind of go into a fifth place solo in terms of record. We have the voice of the voiceless Sean C at 1079. Um, And then tied for sixth place, currently sixth and seventh, uh, we have the eight and eight Ric Flair drip uh, Jake's team, who has 1131. Um, And this one's a pretty close one in terms of points for uh, eight and eight Razor Ramon Kevin at 1030. Uh, So they're practically about a point away from each other uh, in terms of points for. So that one's extremely close. but, yeah, I think the playoffs are, are going to get a little spicy going in towards the end of the season. And just to kind of shed some light on the rest of the guys that are kind of underneath them, uh, we have 7-9, and nine, the Texas Rattlesnake, 7-9, and nine, the Great Khali, and 7-9, and Batista Khan. And then after that, there's a huge dip in wins uh, with uh, myself and JC at 3-13. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little spicy. Those top 10 teams are, are kind of working their way into playoff contention. So it'll be exciting. You
2: guys have any comments on that?
1: No, yeah, yeah I have one agreement. Oh,
2: okay, then oh, okay. go. If you got it. take, give us the take.
1: Yeah, so I understand that it's it's point scored, but I just want to point out that I, I am third in the second place tied, but I have beaten both Scott and Mike, and I'm only, like, slightly salty about that.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's, uh, well, I'll give you a quick explanation as to why that is. So Point scored, right? Yes, and I'll tell you why it's point scored. So a couple years ago, we had a little bit of an issue. Uh, Going into playoffs, I feel really bad for Jake. Um, We, in the settings within ESPN, we did not have it set to specifically points for. We never thought we would run into this issue, uh, but it happened. Uh, We recorded an entire episode going into a week, into the playoffs. Jake was supposed to be in the playoffs, our calculations. You know, we hyped him up. He had a really big matchup the week before going into the next week. Turns out, after we post the, the podcast, the next day, uh, there was kind of like a correction with the stats. Something happened. Jake was actually not in the playoffs. He lost his sixth seed. He dropped the seven, And I think JC pushed in this, that sixth place for him. Um, super unfortunate. But uh, we quickly <laughs> changed that and made it points four going into the following year. Um, and I think after points four, then it's like head-to-head. If there happens to be like a specific tie, even down yeah. to the decimal, it goes yeah. in the head-to-head.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely understand that it's it's more, it eliminates that like variance. It's yeah. just a little like, it irks me just slightly. Yeah, I get mean. it. I, I, I get it. The other the other big takeaway I, I have here is that I think that this is a more fair representation. I know that I was kind of of, of giving everybody a little bit of shit when I was nine and zero, oh, but uh, or excuse me, nine and one, eight, nine and one, nine and yeah. one, yeah, eight yeah. No, nine and Calm one. Calm yourself. Calm <laughs> yourself <laughs> there. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but I do. I do think that, that this is a little bit more accurate to my, my positioning here. Cause if you look at my team, I, I, I think that re- the reality is prior to some moves I make, I really was just leaning on people like um, Chubb, Kelsey and come mm-hmm. to carry me <laughs> into victories and they've done that job well, but these are all like the losses have all been on bye weeks and theirs, um, or yeah. after I've traded them away. So I think that that's kind of more fair to where I stand, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, Usually it all works itself out uh, by the end of the season in terms of standings. Uh, I think it, us, including the league median, has made a really big difference uh, in, in kind of that evening of teams. Um, but, yeah, I, I get it. I completely get it. Just a little salty. You know, you're sitting there tied for third, but you're really – I mean tied for second, but you're really in fourth place just because of the points forward. But I get it. So, uh, Cowles, anything additional to add on that?
2: No, I just think it's actually funny because you brought up the the – couple of so years ago with the whole Jake controversy. But the other part of that, like the prequel, the setup to that was, I think there were four or five guys Four, there were like three matchups that mattered as to who yep. got into the playoffs. Like I got beat. So I got knocked out or like <laughs> it was, it I was exciting. Beat. Yeah. Yeah. We were. And I, so this is probably as accurate as, as that week may be where we're going to have yeah. this jostling of positions. And we may not have a clear picture until we get past week 14 as to yep. who's a real team. <laughs> Yeah, it it was that year was fun
0: in terms of the playoffs because I believe like I needed to win my matchup to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. and if I lost because I was facing JC, Jake needed to win to get into the playoffs and JC got knocked out. It all turned into it was really fun. It was three matchups mm-hmm. that really mattered in terms of like that fifth and sixth place for the playoffs. Um, it just unfortunately did not work out for Jake, but uh, but yeah, we we fixed that now. So,
2: mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah all right. Can, uh, jump on down to that. Yeah. preview if you want there, Eddie.
0: We'll go ahead and start it off for next week. So week nine, uh, what do you guys have as your best matchup for the week? You know, we have some matchups going into the week that, that do have some implications in the middle of the pack there. Uh, there's a lot of teams that are really just one game or one win away from each other uh, in terms of kind of going into the week and that contention there in the middle. So what do you guys have starting off with Cowles? Who do you have as your best matchup? Uh,
2: might be the obvious one, especially as much as we have hyped up one team in this one, but it's Damon versus uh it's Damon versus, uh, uh Nate, um, yep. Texas Rattlesnake, Batista Khan, both seven and nine teams, both on that bottom fringe of like one week makes you a playoff team. One week knocks you out. Uh, and like you said there, uh, Damon's been on the rise, a lot of good moves and his guys have been performing and rewarding those moves. And then Nate, which we'll get into his moves as the other half of those moves is sitting here. But, um, you know he's going to have essentially an entirely new team sitting in front of him to see, and we'll to see if they continue to perform and put up the points that he's been putting up, uh, and miss those bad breaks, or if if Damon can keep surging forward and push his way into a playoff spot. I don't know. Right? What about you?
1: Yeah, it's probably a little bit selfish, but I think that it's me and you <laughs> is like my my matchup to watch, and the reason being is I think that in a similar way that like you were talking about, uh, excuse me, Damon and Nate, um, we are kind of battling for what will be. The eventual, like, third, sec- or, let's say, say second through fourth, depending on how things shake out. Um, and I just, I think I'm, I'm excited. Um, and there's also a bit of, like, for those of you who don't know me, and Sean have been friends since we were, like, six, oh, something like that. Um, so it's a rivalry. Like, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, yeah. a rivalry 23, 24 years of the making. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to see how this that one plays out. Um, yeah. So that, that's my yeah, We've
2: never competed for anything, ever.
1: Yes, we <laughs> we do nothing. Yes, it's no Ender's together.
2: brother rivalry, but it's it's pretty good. All right,
1: it's
0: it's getting there. It's kind of like
2: a
1: hey, Mike
0: and I, yeah. we're in like three different style leagues together. Mm-hmm. We were basketball, we were baseball, football, and we just had this thing going back and forth every year. Where it's just like I'd go in a span of like a ten game win streak, and then he'd get his his ten games, and it, oh, it's it's fun when we when I play Mike. It's a uh, yeah. No matter what league it's in, it's, it's always a fun one. So I get it. Rivalries are fun. Yeah.
2: Okay, so it makes it. So I don't know about it, yeah.
1: Eddie. Uh,
0: which, I, I'm or between, or I, I'm in between, I am in between those two matchups. I think, uh, they both have a really big implications in terms of that middle pack. Cause you were talking two through four, but any of you takes an O2 loss. And one of those eight and eight teams takes a two Oh win this week. It, you go from second place straight down to like seventh place. Um, so it's not pretty at all. Um, it's just it, I, I have to go probably with Nate and Damon's just because you know they're at that seven and nine mark um, I don't see any of them or this matchup you know going one and one each side's the league median and you know I do expect the two and O to be clear here um, with one of their matchups but again one of them goes two and two or two and O they go to nine and nine move themselves up in a playoff contention um, but between you two again Sean B. If you lose, you go zero to two this upcoming week. Drop 10 and eight. One of those eight and eight teams goes two and zero. You drop down pretty significantly in the standings. Uh, and Chauncey, along with you, you're nine and seven. You know, you guys don't really have much wiggle room to be taking median losses along with head to head losses. So I think we have two really fun matchups that can decide that middle pack there. Um, but you know, I- I'm going to lead on the side of Damon and Nate um, just because I-, I anticipate that one to be a little bit more exciting. Uh, obviously, Damon is not projected to score very high. Um, he's got some people in that in his lineup right now that he probably should move around um, or try to figure something out there. He's got a few guys on by that kind of hurt him. You know, Dax on by George Kittle's on by. so not great for him. But uh, yeah, I think that match will be fun. Yeah. All right. So speaking of matchups, we'll go ahead and continue uh, and keep going here. We'll do our matchup predictions. Uh, so we'll start off at the very top um, with Kevin versus myself um i'll lead us off uh i think that my team has a pretty good chance this week you know i'm I'm gonna ride myself out to the end of the year i don't want to be eliminated from making trades or doing anything i don't want to take the the O and two so i'm gonna take myself here in this matchup uh, against kevin um you know i have some faith in my team that they'll be able to kind of turn it around a little bit and,
1: and get a little bit of an upset here what
0: do you guys got on that matchup
1: yeah, I'll, I'll throw my hat in with you, Eddie. Uh, I'll ride you into the sunset. Um, you know, we'll, we'll give you the hope, the hope, yeah, yeah. The, the energy, if you will.
0: <laughs> I would appreciate that. That'd be great. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Yeah. yeah, I don't want yeah. to see anybody get knocked out early. That's no fun. Yeah. It's fun when people are competitive, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I agree. But unfortunately, I'm going with Kevin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: because I have to do it, Eddie. I, I did you during the get, last time I we it. did I this, it. and I have to keep going. It's funny, you guys. When I look across like the rosters, he, he's got uh, Murray and Rogers, a running quarterback, a non-running quarterback. You've got Mariota, and Brady. I mean, you've got some weird performances across running backs. It's it really comes down to I think he's got a better wide receiving core than you do, um, but that it's it's razor thin. I think it's going to be a lot closer than you know. It, even just looking at the rosters might lead you to believe, but um i don't know maybe he's got one or two guys that maybe i think has a boom performance and uh, yeah. i love the sun god so uh, he's a keeper in our keeper league so i gotta ride with almond st brown and uh, go with kevin on this one hey
0: i, I appreciate it i appreciate <laughs> the honesty there you need to humble me a little bit before going into the week i can't have a a 3-0 vote on my side so
2: yeah but a, yeah fair and balanced. all right
0: <laughs> <laughs> going into the next one we have uh Two of our matchups for the week uh we have batista khan damon versus the texas Rattlesnake and in nate uh boat ray who do you have for this one
1: yeah this one has been tough for me i i've been kind of going back and forth on it um i think that i am going to lean nate um the reason being i've talked about this before with sean separately but i just think that that what really kind of gets you Gets people to the finish line of those like key kind of positional advantages, right? And I just look at Jalen Hurts, and I just think he's better than both P.J. Walker and, and Joe Burrow is good, but he's been playing like not good. Um, yeah, not very and good. I just I think that Jalen Hurts has the potential to outscore, you know, one if not both of those people if he has a good game. Uh, he's playing Houston, which I don't think has a great run defense if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure we ran all, or excuse me, the, um, the Raiders ran all over them. So I just I, it's really tough for me to sit here and say that like that type of advantage is not something that's going to carry Nate over the finish line there. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I agree, one hundred percent. I think that's what I have to go with as well this week. Um, you know, while I, I while I like Damon's team, he's just got some key players that are on by that I think are going to hurt him coming into this matchup. Um, so yeah, I, I have to go with Nate here. Uh, I think it can be a close one. You know. Damon's got a few guys that can boom. You know, Joe's only pro- projected to have 19 points, but that can quickly turn around uh, just yeah. depending on what kind of game he has. You know, it's Joe Burrow. He's got the weapons. Obviously, he doesn't have Jamar, but some of those guys are kind of stepping up for him. So, yeah, uh, yeah I- I'm going to have to go here with uh, with Nate, though.
2: I-, I think it'll be a fun one, but I think Nate's going to be able to pull this one off. We got Kyles. Yeah, we'll go with the clean sweep for Nate here, and I think it's more what you already highlighted. It is those bye weeks because if I look at the guys if, uh, that – Damon has on on by and if they were playing it probably leans the other way for me yes. um I like you know I Bo Wright highlighted I like uh, Nate's quarterback room a lot clearly I had hurts but I love uh Damon's running back room Ramondre Stevenson has been trending upwards all year and then Kenneth Walker has the potential to be a top five guy um and I think if some of his other key positions if he wasn't starting Tyler Conklin against Kittle he, you know had Dak Prescott improve that quarterback room and not P.J. Walker, you know, i probably lean the other way, but I think Nate, you know, um, made some moves, obviously. We'll get into those later and what what I feel about those and how they may impact this opinion. But, um, yeah, I think got to go with Nate on this one.
0: Yeah, you know, and and just to kind of shed some light here as well in terms of kind of Nate's side, you know, there's a couple players that I do have some question marks about kind of coming into the week, and I'm just not sure if they'll be able to perform. But, you know, Chuba Hubbard is the one guy that I think about that backfield, while he's getting some of those carries, I just don't know if he's going to get enough of those carries to make a big difference. Um, and then Devin Singletary is another guy with the trade that just happened what yesterday um, with Hines coming in. Some of his carries can kind of go down, and, and some of his offensive production can kind of go down. So, again, I think it'll be a close one. It'll be interesting. But, yeah, so three sweep there with Nate on that one. Yeah. All righty. Going on to our next one, we have the excellence of execution, Sean B, versus the voice of the voiceless, Sean C. Uh, I'll start us off here. Again, I think this has potential to be probably one of our best matchups of the week. Um, You know, it's it's a fun one—a ten and sixteen versus a nine and seventeen. In terms of predictions, we don't really do too much and look too much into the prediction totals. But you know, you guys are literally just a two point swing from each other. You know, there isn't really much that's separating your teams. Uh, from one another. Uh, But I'm going to have to go with Sean C. here. That running back mix up there with Eckler, Kamara, and Mixon is a tough one to beat. (laughs) He's got some (laughs) monsters at running back um, that I think will just perform, you know, as to what they're expected. Those guys have blown up over the past few weeks, and I don't really expect that to change. Uh, Obviously, you know, Sean B., you got yourself Cooper Cup, Josh Jacobs, who is absolutely killing it over the past, like, four to five weeks. Um, and then Travis Kelsey's is just a safe guy, you know, he can get you four touchdowns on a weekend, who knows, he's one of those guys that could just blow up out of nowhere, but uh, yeah, I think that running back room is, is going to make the biggest difference in this matchup, and I think Sean C is going to come out on top of it, so, uh, but right, i send it along to you, obviously I don't expect anything crazy here between you two, but who do you
1: got? Yeah, so I want to real quick, part make my prediction, I just want to point out every time you've predicted me to lose, Eddie, I've won. So you might have just tipped it. <laughs> you might have just tipped it in my favor. Um, with that said, I think that like you made me sign something when I was coming in here that said I had to pick myself, um, and so I'll say myself. But in my heart, I actually do think that Cows is going to take this one. Um, I just for for lack of you know poor, planning on my part, I'm really deep on the Browns, and I, I'm, Amari Cooper is out this week. Jacoby Brissett, who, wow, he's not always, like, stellar. Sometimes he puts up monster games. Consistent um, guy. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I just I, – I think that I'm missing some of the weapons. I've got to start guys like MVS and Chase. Like, I'm not happy starting Chase. He's first week in a new system. He's okay. probably not going to get, like, a lion share of the target, but I just – I don't have anybody else. Um, yeah. So I think that I, – I do think that Kaz is going to take this one unless, like, Josh Jacobs blows up. Um, yeah. I, I'm actually not as high on Mixon as a lot of people are. I, I think that he, I, I, and I have to look up the numbers, but something like he's one of like the lowest converting red zone backs in the NFL right now. Um, and he's just not, he hasn't looked good in my opinion. Um, yes. With that being said, I, I do think that Sean just has the team right now that is all back, for lack of a better phrasing. Um, so I, I do think Sean is going to win. I will say I've got Cordero Patterson who just got taken off uh, if he comes back, that's going to be the thing that swings him <laughs> yeah. That's a revenge game. You don't know, I mean,
0: Algier also, Algier hasn't really yeah. done much. So, Daryl's probably going to get the lion's share anyway. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that'll be a – Algier good. had one good week last week because he scored yeah. a touchdown. Other than that, yeah. he's been like four points a game, if I'm yeah. lucky. that. <laughs> like, yeah. So, Alrighty. that's my prediction. Yeah.
2: So there you go. Well, I will round it out then. Yeah, I will go with myself. Um, I will take voiceless and voiceless here just because, I I think those moves that we made last week, uh, I think really solidified where I'm at, and then the last move today to pick Gino and kind of round out the quarterback room. Um, I like, uh, you know, we I'm sure we all get our information different sources. We all do our own homework. I'm a I'm a Matthew Berry guy. Always have been a Matthew Berry guy. Yeah. And I, if nothing else, like the philosophy lower your risk. The game is about mitigating risk. And so I have guys who I think have pretty high floor or high floors and also can have high ceilings. So yeah. I think that's where the team has ended up with some of the trades that I made. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. I just hope it comes to fruition and uh, Eddie's cursed and screw me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, you know, kind of mentioning that high floor, high ceiling, you know, Bo, right you said you weren't very big on, on mixing, but he probably has pretty high floor um he only dropped under 10 once this year other than that he's been 11 12 at his worst and out of a, a running back position you would like to see more but to have a floor of like 11 and 12 points is a solid one so the moves that you've been making um and kind of bringing some guys in and again fully agree with your philosophy of kind of how you you went about that so hopefully my curse does not fail you this week so but yeah all right, let's go ahead and go into our next one, the Ultimate Warrior and Scott uh, versus Naked Wrestling and J.C. Um, I, I think this is a pretty easy one. Um, I think Scott's going to take it. J.C.'s just team is just not where it needs to be to contend. Um, obviously, before that, I didn't think my team was against Scott. He had a really down week. I just don't expect Scott's team to have a down week like that again. Um, so I got to go with Scott here. Um, Kyle, what do you got?
2: Yeah, short and sweet, same thing. Uh, not to mention, if we're just going to make it worse, both Daniel Jones and CD Lamb are on bye. And you yes. yeah, take a quick glance across JC's bench, there aren't a ton of guys who you feel good about starting um, okay. against that. So yeah, I think Scott will continue his trend of putting up 200 points a week <laughs> or so. But I think he probably has the most comfortable look,
1: you know, going into the weekend. Yeah, I what about you, Barrett? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a
2: whole lot that. I think Scott's going to take this one, and that's going to be kind of the end of it, you know? Yeah. Um, Welcome to wrong. Like, love to see if JC yeah, G- yeah. started off well after he made those big trades, and, and he's, he had some bumps, though. So, but, yeah, I don't know how much more there is into that. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, that would be great, seeing an upset. It's always something fun to watch out for, uh, especially one of that caliber. That'd be a pretty big upset. Um, but I just, I just unfortunately don't see it going JC's way. We'll see. Maybe he makes some moves between today and the weekend where helps him out a little bit. But, but yeah. All right. Going into our next one. We have Macho Man Randy Savage. Nick versus the great Khali and Kyron. Uh, I actually I think this one's gonna be a fun one. Uh, obviously Nick has a really strong team. His quarterback and running back room right now is top tier, you know, having Mahomes and Jackson does a lot for you going on a week to week basis. Um, but I think Kyron has made some moves and he made some decent moves coming into the week. Um, you know, he doesn't have Justin Jefferson anymore, but he's got Devonte Adams. Obviously he put up a stinker last week, but I don't expect that to happen again. Um, so I'm actually going to take Kyron here. You know, I, I want to see Kyron kind of pull off this upset. It'd be fun. And it'll shake some things up in the middle of the pack. So I'm going to go with Kyron. What do you guys have?
1: Yeah. Um, it's really hard for me to bet against like Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar yeah. Jackson, and like I I agree with you. I think that there's a chance, uh, and for what it's worth, um, no, never mind. I read that wrong. Never mind. I was gonna say <laughs> the the thing gives Kyron the advantage, but it def- definitely does not. Uh, I read that backwards. Um, but anyway, I, I just I don't think I think Nick is the team to beat right now. Just for lack yeah. of a better word, I mean maybe Scott is. Um, toss up i think the thing that scott has working against him is sometimes buffalo blows somebody out so hard they pull like josh allen and stuff so uh (laughs) he loses points on the back end there but um i just i I don't see it happening you know and that 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 sucks to say because you never want to just count somebody out i just i don't know i don't see it yeah
0: Yeah, i respect it what do you got kyle's
2: yeah, I mean same thing. I'm actually closer to where you lean on this Eddie that I think it's gonna be close. I just I like Kyron's team. I like his matchups this week. You know, other than his QB two, um, I, you know, I, I kinda like where some of his guys fall, but I do think, you know, Nick's just kind of a machine right now, especially with that QB room. So I don't think there's there's much to it, but I think it'll for it'll be like a five-point game somehow. Somehow, some way it'll come down to like a five-point game, but I still think Nick
1: pulls this one out. If if it's a five-point game, Nick beats the spread. So, (laughs) (laughs) 6.7. Yeah. So, and
0: it's actually six points. You know, Nick has a kicker on by. Knowing him, he'll probably make a a short-term trade.
2: I think he already did, actually.
0: Did he he already? I might have missed this. It's Maher. Yes, he did. Because I got a text earlier today. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I got a text earlier today about the situation. (laughs) So, already made the trade. Um... Obviously, a kicker's not going to make a gigantic difference in your matchup, you know, unless you have one of those kickers that just is prone to dropping 15-point games every week, uh, which is very rare. Um, You know, again, QB2 for Kyron is probably my biggest worry. Um, Sam Ellinger is not the guy you want to have at QB2. Um, It just kind of sucks to have him at your QB2. But, again, he's a guy that, who knows? You know, offensive play calling might change. Probably not, because the guy who's calling the plays is still there. So (laughs) we'll uh, we'll see kind of how that works out. But they they did bring in a few weapons on that Colts offense to to maybe shake a few things up uh, during the trade deadline. So we'll see how that works out. Um, But, yeah, I'm still going to stick with Kyron here. I want him to pull it off. I want him to shake some things up.
2: So. Listen, I think we all would like him to pull it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not to root against anybody, but, you know. Uh...
0: You know, it, it's hard to not to to not root against Nick uh, mm-hmm. because he's just a very successful fantasy manager across multiple sports. So when he's winning, you just want to see him lose. But unfortunately, it just doesn't happen very often. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Alrighty. And then going into our final matchup, we have Ric Flair, Drip, Jake versus It Doesn't Matter in uh, Mike. Uh, again, this is kind of one of those matchups that I think can go 50 50 either way. Both of these teams are, I would say, middle of the pack teams. Uh, 10 and 6 doesn't really put you up at the top, but 8 and 8 kind of sets you off in the middle of the pack there. So, uh, you know, Ric Flair Drip is projected to lose. The spread right now, I believe, is 14 points. Um, but he's got some good matchups that I kind of like this week um, in his team just in general. Um, so I'm actually going to take Jake here. You know, he's projected pretty low at 120, but. I, I think he can pull this one off this week um, and kind of fight his way and claw his way back up towards uh, towards some playoff contentions there. So what do you guys got?
2: Yeah, in the same way, um, I, I think I kind of agree with you in, in basically what the summarization there. I just – you know, if, if Jake had – if Jake and I had not done the deal that we had and he was going to run with Herbert and Gino into the weekend, I may feel a little bit more strongly about this, but I still somehow see – him coming through, Deontay Foreman's going to present himself as what looks like the RB1 in Carolina now, and, um, you know, uh, there. while he does have to play guys like Cade, oh, uh, I don't even know how to say his last name, Otten, Cade Otten, um, and yeah. Naheem Hines, who we don't know what his usage is going to be in Buffalo yet, although I agree he probably will steal some of Singletary's yeah. snaps, uh, you know, I think he may just have enough there to pull it off um, against against Mike. I hate Mike's running back room. Damon Pierce, he's good. Um, Damon Harris. I just, I don't know that I, I I just I have a gut feeling on this one. It's probably the best I can put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: agree. You know, I don't think the projections kind of <clears throat> show kind of what this matchup will most likely end up being. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that running back room for Mike is, I, I think it's very boom or bust. Um, mm-hmm. So couple of those guys have a good week, then he's you know he's set. But again, like James Conner, Damon Harris, and Damien Pierce. It's just not a, a running back room that you're extremely confident in going yeah. into the week
2: to yeah. week. Uh, and having to play Eno you know, in your second flex yeah. with James Conner uh is just I mean it's listen, a that's rough. what five week is. It, this is a this yep. is by Mageddon as it is. So but I don't know. But right, are you with us or do you some see this a different way?
1: I'm so I, I was losing connection. You guys have uh, can you hear me first off? Yeah, okay. gotcha. You. You're good. Can you you guys have Jake here? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I, I, I will say that I do think James Conner is going to be better. Um I think that whole offense has been looking better. Um and it's gonna put him in opportunities to actually score and he's super touchdown dependent. Um but I do think that in this case, uh, you know, Jake Jake does have this. Um I just think that Like you said, he's got a a shit ton of people on by that are, it's just hurting him more than it's, you know, more than he can overcome, if you will.
0: Yep. All
1: righty. So three stack on Jake there. Yeah.
0: All righty. So just to kind of go over from the top again, uh, my matchup, (coughs) um, Boatwright and myself had me. um, And then Sean C had Kevin versus Razor Ramon and The Undertaker. Next matchup, Damon versus Nate. It was a, a three-way there for Nate. Um, just saw him coming out on top in that matchup. Next one, we have the matchup between you two. Uh, all three of us kind of had Sean Cowles, but you <laughs> kind of threw in a little bit in there that you have to go for yourself, Bo. Right? Um, yeah. But you kind of on the back end, it's Cowles. So
1: yeah,
0: yeah, I, I put fifty-fifty on that one. You'll get you'll get a mark on a W regardless who Perfect. wins. Perfect. That's on that. all I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, following that, we have Scott versus JC probably one of the easier matchups to pick this week. We had Scott, no offense to JC, but this team's just in a, in a rough patch. Um, next we have Nick versus Kyron. Uh, I took Kyron. You both took Nick, probably the smart choice, but shaking things up there. Um, and then next we have Jake versus Mike. All three of us took Jake on that one. So, uh, good luck to those of you this week. it again, it'll be a really fun week. It'll shake some things up. So excited to see how things pan out.
1: Yep.
0: But, uh, All right, going into the big one, going into this week, Uh, trade recap. Give some initial thoughts. Um, The Way that I have them listed out here, you know, we're going to start from the bottom, uh, some of our oldest ones. Um, Obviously, some of these players have moved around as well, and some of these trades that are kind of above them. But starting out from the bottom, how you felt when these trades went through at the moment, uh, and we'll kind of continue to build through those um, kind of as we go through. So at the very bottom, we have It Doesn't Matter, Mike. Traded Alec Pierce, uh, Indianapolis wide receiver, to the Texas Rattlesnake uh, in return for J.D. McKissick and Jason Myers, the kicker. Um, You know, at the time that this went through, what did you you guys feel about it? Uh, Cowles, I'll go ahead and start off with you.
2: Uh, I think I was actually lower on this at the time just because I thought Pierce may have had something. He had had, I think, two back-to-back good games at that point. Um, and I thought that, you know, Mike was kind of giving up the best piece, maybe to get pieces he needed, but, um, you know, that may not have been as well, but at the time that was probably where I was at. I don't know. What about you, Barry?
1: Yeah, I just don't, I, I, I guess to put it lightly, like, I don't think that I trade Alec Pierce for this. Um, and I, I, it's tough to know somebody's situation in the moment these happen, so I don't want to comment too much on it. Um, I, I know that if I'm taking this, I want the Alec Pierce side, um, more than I want the other side. So,
0: yeah I, I agree with you guys um, again McKissick is a guy that I'm just very low on just because that backfield is very heavy um, and they've already shown that James Robinson's that number two guy McKissick has kind of been pushed out of the way a little bit yeah. Um, so yeah it's unfortunate uh, but again I, I'd probably lean on the Alec Pierce side of this as well I think you're, you're a little safer on that side of the, of the deal so I agree alright Going to our next one, we have the Ultimate Warrior trades: Joshua Palmer, Taylor Heineke, and Evan Ingram to you, Sean C, uh, in return for Kyle Pitts uh, and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but right, start off with you. What, what did you feel about this one?
1: This is tough. Um, I I like Pitts. He's just in a bad situation. Um, I, Sean, did you play Heineke that week, or did you end up moving him?
2: I did. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that was a bye week for me. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I, I think that this is just covering bye weeks. Like, I get it. It it happens. Um, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts. I'm gonna be honest with you, and maybe I should have more. But this is, like I said, (laughs) just covering bye weeks and hoping, you know, hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, you'd expect a a name like Kyle Pitts to draw a little bit more attention, uh, but it just unfortunately just doesn't. He just again hasn't been doing very hot. I mean, he had a really good week last week. Uh, I think he dropped like twenty something points. Um, He kind of. Go ahead. no
1: go ahead so, sorry
0: he got a little bit of that attention on that offense um which was nice to see uh but still again it it's not a trade that really you know sparks conversation you know it's, it's a need for a need type of trade mm-hmm. taylor heineke is a good guy to play it, usually when he plays he plays decent you know he's going to get you some points and he's not really going to upset you too much um uh, but yeah I don't, I don't really have too much to say about that Cowles. Do you have any kind of addition or comments on that trade? No,
2: I think you guys kind of covered I picked up Palmer to back up Allen because of the injury. Picked up Heineke to cover the bye week, and Ingram to cover the spot I was giving up um, with Pitts. Yeah, the thing with Pitts is, I think we all know where he was drafted at—not just in our leagues, but in most leagues. You know, he was expected to be this the next guy below, you know, Andrews and um, and Kelsey, and that, like that next bracket of Hawkinson and guys like that. Yeah, but. You know, I love Arthur Smith, the coach for Atlanta, in some ways because I leaned so heavily on Atlanta this year in a lot of my drafts. But this was the one place where, like, if I see him, I want to punch the guy in the face because he refuses to throw the ball. He refuses yeah. to let Mariota. I'm a Mariota truther. Let Mariota throw the ball. Um, and except for last week, we finally saw it a little bit. Um, but he, guys get guys throwing the ball 13, 14 times a game, and even with yeah. a 40% target share, he still can't get anywhere. So. It's just not um, enough.
1: I think that's, yeah, that's
2: what that's what it is. It's just rough all the way around.
1: <laughs> I think that's that's a fair way to sum up the tight ends in general. To be honest with you, unless you've got like Andrews or Kelsey, like you, yeah. you are just like, what am I going to do week over week for a tight end? You know, and I, it,
0: yeah, I mean, both of these guys actually had a pretty decent week. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Evan Ingram had a, a solid week uh, last week, and and so did Kyle Pitts. So I think it was a, an even share there. Yeah. Think it worked out, yeah, absolutely for both of you. But yeah, it's, it's a little rough on the tight end department. Yeah, so. Alrighty, going into the next one, we have the excellence and execution. You traded Romeo Dobbs um, for OBJ uh, with the Texas rattlesnake. I don't know how to feel about this one. I-, I love Odell. Odell's my guy, but Romeo Dobbs is a guy in that offense that he's really the only guy in that offense <laughs> that that is I think is gonna get you know some attention. Obviously they need a few more guys, but still You obviously have the luxury of being able to stash away a guy like OBJ right now. It's just, it is what it is. Like, he's going to sign in the next week and a half or so with a team. He'll probably sit for a little bit and he'll be ready for playoffs um, going into the year. So, I I like the upside in terms of OBJ and pulling him in. Obviously, I had him earlier and I was hoping for that upside. I just didn't have the luxury of being able to stash him for that long. So, uh, you know, I do like the OBJ side of this, uh, but Robio Dobbs obviously returns. Immediately, which is what Nate needs, uh, and OBJ not so much. So, those are kind of my thoughts on that one, Cowles?
2: Yeah, there's not much to it. I actually, I, I don't know if Odell comes back this year. Um, I have just, I call it, a gut feeling, call it whatever. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a murky and weird year, and I'm not really sure. There's a ton of teams that have the cap space to pay and what he wants to be paid, who he would want to go play for. Um, so I'm not sure that he does. So I, I'm higher on the Dobbs side of this deal, but that's strictly on my own, you know, gut feeling and yeah. opinion. I totally see what Boatwright was doing here, and I see why Nate did it. So yeah, there's not much else to it. I don't know. But, right. any uh, any other insight you want to offer?
1: Yeah, I can offer a little bit of insight with this. Um, I, me and t- me and Cows. Once again, I talked to Sean about a lot of things. We've talked a lot about Romeo Dobbs, and like, I don't think he's the guy in Green Bay. Like, I get that they don't have anybody else. Um, I just. He has not impressed. Every time I started him, uh, I felt bad about starting him because, like, I think he's got, what, three games over 10 points and the rest have been, like, sub, you know, seven points, sub eight points. Um, And he wasn't going to crack my starting lineup at that point. And so I was just like, you know what, let's take a flyer on OBJ. If he comes back, he's probably going to go to a good team. He'll come back in time for playoffs. Maybe it'll give me that playoff boost to get me over – you know, over where I want to be. Um, because I, I think the other story of my team is that, like, I don't have a lot of capital outside of the big guys. So, like, plays like – trades like this are things that I can hopefully get some ground on by, like, stashing away for later, you know? I, yeah. I think if it's a keeper league, I want Romeo Dobbs. But not in a not, you know, or a dynasty. Probably dynasty more realistically. So.
0: Yeah. I agree. I mean, I have Dobbs in a dynasty league stashing them, holding on to them. It could be something, but yeah, in a redraft league, it's, it's tough to, to take young guys that are just haven't shown the consistency. So I, I get it 100%. You know, you're, you're more into it. You want a uh, even though it has, might have a lower floor, a little bit of a higher ceiling with Odell, right. you know, because wherever he goes, he's probably going to perform right. very well.
1: And he's probably going to um, be on a contender so. team with a quarterback who can get him the ball. You know, Exactly. Exactly.
0: You know, New York giants, Daniel Jones, right. dropping him dimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, you wish. I do. I, just saw a thing, I do. I do wish. I just saw a thing
1: that said uh, they had said there's a locker here if he wants it. Uh, so it looks like they, they yeah. are, they're targeting and- him. There, there's been
0: listen. There's been conversations. Uh, shown Giants uh, GM was, had a few interviews over the past couple of days that he said, "Listen, we've been in contact with his representatives, and they're obviously still paying attention." He just tore his ACL in February, so that's like yeah, it's cutting it close to to. Coming back now, like, he's probably not going to be ready for another three to four weeks. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they've been in talks. He's been in talks. And <laughs> I would love to see Odell come back to New York. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Love Odell. But uh, mm-hmm. it's got to be the right move. It's got to be a smart move. We can't sign him to a Kenny Galladay type of deal. It's just can't be done. So, <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have signed Kenny Galladay In Gullody the first place. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, that's a whole different yeah. story. Don't even get me yeah. started on that. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, all right. We'll go ahead into our next one, boat right. You got another uh, another trade here. So you traded Steelers defense Evan McPherson to Mike uh, in return for Jason Myers and MVS. Uh, for those of you who don't know who MVS is, is Marquez Valdes-Scantling. Um, again, we kind of talked about Jason Myers before with Mike uh, previously when he acquired him. Again, I think this is just merely a need for a need trade. Usually when you trade a defense and a kicker, it's because you need a little something to return to, to help you out with your matchup for the week. Um, or you just see something that you like for the remainder of the year. So, yeah, I don't really have anything crazy to talk about for this one. It was just, uh, I like think,
1: a need for a need yeah, at that point. I've got so. one little neat anecdote on this. I made this trade, and then the next week I was poking around in a free agency for my, for my defense for the week, and I saw the Steelers, so I just scooped them right back up because I'm, I, yeah. I am stashing them. Like, I'm full honesty. Like, I think that when yeah. when Watt comes back, that defense yeah. is going to be good, and it's going to be worth having, you know, on sacks alone, probably. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how this ended up how it did, but it, it worked out for me, you know.
0: Yeah, and I will say they're not facing the greatest offensive lines nope. uh, for the remainder of the nope. year. You know, they, I mean, they've they got the Saints, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Baltimore. Those aren't like the best offensive lines in the game, uh, so it's a pretty decent stash, I will say. I
1: hope I could be wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no much more. That's about it. Yeah, good, 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 good pick there. I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, going into the next one. This one was one of the bigger trades uh, that we had uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, obviously, not the biggest. That one is still yet to be covered, um, but uh, one of the bigger ones. Some big name guys here. So the great Kali. Kyron traded away Justin Jefferson, Eno Benjamin, and James Conner to Mike, and Mike traded away Devontae Adams and Kareem Hunt. Um, I'll start us off here. I think I like Kyron's side just a little bit better. Um, I think Kareem Hunt is a little bit more of a surefire pick than than Eno and and James Conner. I just like Kareem Hunt. Obviously, he's been a little murky with that offense. There have been trade talks with him just in that offense just in general. Um, and obviously, Devontae Adams. This was, I'm going to talk him prior to this week's performance. Um, I just like Devontae. Um, but I, again, I think that Mike capitalized here on a situation and got in Justin Jefferson and, and James Conner. So, you know, I, I do like Devontae Adams and Kareem Hunt uh, on that side of the trade just a little bit more. But right. what do you guys think? Start off Cowles.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. Um, I, the only. The only break that I would pump is that I think Kareem Hunt was probably, or I, this is me surmising, was moved in the hope that he would go at the trade deadline, yes. and he didn't. So we're, it'll be interesting to see how that backfield shakes out. Don't get me wrong. He's a freak athlete, and there's a reason that both him and Chubb have been fantasy viable at an <laughs> RB1 and flex spot the you know, last couple of seasons, but they did, in the Monday night game, I think probably because they were in talks, yes. ran with the Ernest Johnson, so you may be a little bit worried about Hunt's usage going forward, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's that great a concern that it devalues, um, you know, it, it devalues that there. But yeah, I, I still prefer Jefferson and, and the Arizona backfield, I think.
1: Yeah. So looking at it in the moment, um, and I try not to look at these with hindsight, because obviously we know how like the yeah. trade deadline played out and, and just yep. basically everything. But uh, I also like, You know, Devontae Adams and Kareem Hunt. Um, I think Kareem Hunt only gets more valuable here because Cleveland doesn't have a reason to not play him anymore, where they might have been sitting on him to to not get him hurt and not be able to move him. Um, The one thing I will say is I, you know, now I think Justin Jefferson will probably get opened up a little bit if um, if Hawkinson actually performs work for uh, the Vikings, which has the potential to unlock, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson to be like, a really good fantasy asset so I don't hate it now in the moment I probably would have been a little bit more gun shy on doing this trade um it's just
0: you know yeah and you brought up a really good point obviously this 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 trade happened before the trade deadline and the Hawkinson move and stuff but you know we don't really try to look at these trades mm-hmm. hindsight just because we obviously know the situations but you bring up a really good point uh, in terms of Hawkinson going to that offense. Justin Jefferson's already a really good viable option for wide receiver. He's the number four receiver in, in fantasy football, but having Hawkinson there helps him a little bit more. I think so. Uh, so I think the future for this this trade is is bright on that side. I do, I do agree. Um, yeah. But yeah. righty. Going into our next trade, this one was a uh, quick and short one. Sean C, you traded with Nick. You traded away Michael Carter and brought in Tyler Higby. I did see or flipped it. This was a short-term deal. Uh, I think it was just a need for a need for the weekend. You guys traded them back to each other. Yep. Uh, Again, it's a smart move. I tried to do it with uh, Boatwright there a while back and. Mm.
1: I, I screwed the thing. He ended up making a deal.
0: He's just he he fucked it up. So that's all I gotta say. <laughs> it, There's uh, No
2: bitterness in your voice at all, Eddie. <laughs> I was yeah yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking
0: I was like you know helps both of us. Really helps helps everything that we need. You know mm-hmm. you know swap back following week. No makes a trade
1: for what it's worth. I would leaves me hanging. You, you know turns out if you got if you hide direct messages on you don't get you any get, you yeah, don't get yeah, any yeah. notifications. So don't do that, guys. Yeah. So,
0: so really unfortunate but again i I always like these type of loan deals i think they work out really well um i'm a fan of them i was introduced to them probably two years ago because nate was really the one that was big on loan deals a couple years ago and he really started moving them and opened my eyes to them so uh yeah again need for a need little loan deal short-term deal so All right, going into our next one, we have Kyron, the great colleague, traded away Jerry Judy uh, with Mike It Doesn't Matter for Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, again, not trying to use hindsight. Juju obviously had, you know, a really solid performance recently. But I'm going to always lean on the Jerry Judy side of most deals. I'm a very big fan of Jerry Judy. Um, you know, there aren't many other guys that I'm a fan of. And, and you know, so I have to go. Um. With Mike's side here, bringing in Jerry Judy, I think that's a really strong addition there. What do you uh, What do you guys have? All right. right,
1: um, man, I was hoping you wouldn't pick me first, but
0: <laughs> I I'll be
1: honest with you, I, I agree that like Jerry Judy is probably the better player here. I just want no part of the Broncos. Um, I I <laughs> I cut uh Melvin Gordon when he's like probably a decent like he would. Decent player, but I was just like, you know, screw this offense. It's the it's just it's, a nightmare to yeah. be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like Juju's upside. I drafted him. I like Juju's upside on a Mahomes-led offense. The the dude slings the ball. I like it. Yeah. All it took was Juju catching some uh, some touchdowns for him to be valuable. Um, so I probably like the Juju side just because of my own personal bias, biases of of you oh, know Denver, yeah. if you will.
2: Perspective? Yeah, I. Uh, for me, uh, I am with boat right on this one. It, listen, I ha- I was a Juju guy when he came in the league. I was big on him. I drafted him the first year, probably higher than the ADP was at the time. I thought, okay, this kid's coming out of college; he'll be one of those like top round wide receivers who gets drafted and has an immediate impact. But I think up until last week, because he caught a touchdown last week, I think he had three touchdowns mm-hmm. in the league yeah. for his career. At a certain point, I you just got to hit the eject button, and for me, that was like week three of this season. <laughs> um, and he hasn't done enough, you know. And Russell Wilson hasn't shown me enough to prove that he can utilize whatever skill set he had coming out of college. So, um, and then you know, you take into account now Juju's, you know, performing. Finally, he wasn't getting yeah. targets for whatever reason. Um, in, in that offense, I think uh, he's just accommodation. I think uh, yeah. I think Mahomes
0: just needed to get comfortable. He had a few guys there that he already knew beforehand. Yeah, uh,
2: so yeah, that's fair. But it's just it's it's odd because he didn't have a single game, and he still hasn't had a single game of over ten targets in that oh. offense, which you'd think when Patrick Mahomes is slinging the ball around, that would happen more often. But yeah. then again, last two weeks he's had 113, 124 yards respectively. So yeah. does he need ten targets?
1: I guess not. so. <laughs> I, I funny little anecdote i don't know if everybody saw it but i saw them like credit juju credited these games that him kelsey and mahomes are playing war zone over the yeah, yeah. The yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> i did see that
1: um, so yeah. so you
0: know yeah i think that helps a lot they, these guys are getting a connection finally kind of rolling into the this time of year and i think it's the perfect time of year for them to get this connection because yeah. i think mm-hmm. it's just going to carry off into the playoffs which is really nice for them so uh mm-hmm. yeah who knows? I, I, I've i just always been up and down on Juju. I don't know what it is. I just, like, I like the guy, but at the same time, it's just
1: like, eh, it's Juju. But, no, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I was trying to move him for the longest time, and I drafted him. Because, like, yeah. the same reason. He just wasn't getting usage. He wasn't. But I just, I want nothing to do with Denver. Like, <laughs> just yeah. stay away from me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think another thing This happened before the trade deadline, there was a lot of trade talks yeah. with Jerry Judy. Yeah. You know, with, he was possibly getting moved, and I think, you know, this probably had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Mike was trying to get the upside on Judy just in case he got traded, and I think mm-hmm. he did that a few times this past week. He was trading guys that were in trade rumors to try to get the highest upside he could for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think his value takes a little bit of a hit not getting traded. Yeah. Uh, there was a few offenses that I think he could have gone to that I think would have boosted him up pretty significantly in, in terms of fantasy value.
1: yeah um, for, for, yeah,
0: still Judy ride or die. Yeah,
1: so. I, I didn't hear any rumors, but I'm also not the most in tapped into rumors because like I'm super gullible. <laughs> so like you guys can tell me basically anything. I
0: could just be like, look at my phone, and Be like, Oh, OBJ just signed with the giants. And you'd be like, Oh really? Yeah. That's awesome. And you'd be yeah. all excited. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Basically. So. Yeah. Nobody yeah. try that.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving into the big one, uh, this week, it pretty practically a team swap <laughs> for the most <laughs> part. <laughs> um, So, we have the voice of the voiceless, Sean C. You traded away Devin Singletary, Elijah Mitchell, Terry McLaurin, Jalen Hurts, Jeff Wilson, and Curtis Samuel to the Texas Rattlesnake and Nate. Nate traded away Ravens defense, Alvin Kamara, Russell Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Marquise Brown, and Joe Mixon. There's a lot of parts into that trade. Uh, There's a lot going down. And I actually, before I even comment on that trade, I want to know kind of how this trade came about and how 17 pieces were added to this trade
2: uh, as a part of it. So. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so originally whenever Nate had done his like blast out, where he was like, I'm going to talk to every manager in the league and try to get whatever I can. Um, there was a smaller version of this that was kind of proposed. That was some of these guys. It was, I think McLaurin was there. It's definitely hurt. Hurts was the big piece. For yeah. yeah. Um, and he was trying to move some of the backs. Uh, and initially I just didn't want it. And I think, um, it's for the very reason that Boe Ray just got done hammering on, is I want no part of that Denver offense. That Denver offense scares the crap out of me. I don't want a single piece of it, at least of all Russell Wilson. I think he's on the downside of his career. And, I mean, if the story of him doing, you know, knee raises in the Iowa for four hours on the way to the <laughs> London game doesn't say as much as it Because, like, who who wants to be a teammate with that guy? <laughs> Your 16-hour flight, and I'm like, I want to I sock this guy so nope. He's doing knee raises next to my head. Uh, but that doesn't speak to his fancy value, but, you know, whatever. Um, so there was that, and then the, the deal just kind of died. Like, we we couldn't come to a middle ground. We, we didn't like where the value was at. Um, and I think he kept, you know, making deals or, or making offers throughout the week. Um, and then he kind of came back to me with this one kind of at the death. And I was like, okay, um, yeah, I think I kind of like how this was. Even with yeah. the, 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 the risk that Russell was, um, I kind of you know uh whatever and then i just i noticed i was like well if i could just tack it on at the end i need a defense for the week because i don't have one back and i get the Ravens yeah. added to this and i'll give you jeff wilson and and elijah mitchell which has you know aged somewhat a little bit differently now that got <laughs> yeah Miami. Uh, i mean he's still you got to fight with Moster for touches but that's still an mm-hmm. offense you want a part of yeah. as opposed to you know as opposed to denver but and I looked at it. I double checked it. I probably overthought it, <laughs> um, and we, you know, but it was it was a there was a discussion in the beginning, and then I think it was just Nate wanted to get something done, um, yeah. and us finding a middle ground that we both felt happy with. So, but that's about where it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, when Nate gets the itch, he gets the itch. When he wants to trade, he will message everyone and anyone for trades, and he'll get the itch, and he'll get people riled up in the chat. That's how he does it. He oh, gets people moving. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah,
2: uh, yeah, I know his games. I enjoy his games because yeah, I think his games are fun. His games are fun. Um, and but he is also him and maybe it's an Ender's trade. Him and Nick both are the most determined traders. If they come to you with a deal, they will offer that. Deal they want in six it. different ways. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and they'll make it happen. So, and it's great because yeah, you can negotiate that. That's something you can negotiate I as agree. opposed to. Alternative, but I yeah. don't know. Either you guys have thoughts on the deal. I'm assuming there's some takes out there. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think uh, the deal prior to some of the moves that have happened with the trade deadline, and just kind of looking at this as face value, kind of how it was at the time. Um, I actually like the trade on both sides. Obviously, Jalen Hurts was the big piece here, um, kind of getting moved around. But you made a couple additions with guys that are doing really well um obviously you didn't get that camara value this past week uh nate kind of had that final ride with him with 40 points but uh, i expect camara to kind of continue to to do really well for the remainder of the year um russell wilson again that offense is just it's abysmal they they don't know what they're doing it's just it's rough there right now um but, again, I, Russell Wilson, I think his lowest has been, like, 9.5 points, which isn't great out of a quarterback, but he's getting you some points. You know what I mean? Like, he's getting you something. It's, it's not horrible.
2: He's not a one um, week starter. He's, he's yeah. Like, he's not no. somebody who streamed. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, okay, I feel all right
0: about Yeah, it. like, he's a guy that you're going to start every week just because his ceiling is ridiculously high, and his floor is, like, 10 points. So it's, like, not great, but it's not horrible. Um, you know, I, I think I'd probably lead – towards Nate side of this trade just a little bit more. Um obviously single Terry it's a little questionable with that backfield right now. But either way, uh, Elijah Mitchell in San Francisco uh, with that backfield, Terry McLaurin, I love all of the Washington wide receivers. I think, you know, they all benefit um from that offense. And then I think Jalen Hurts is just kind of like the icing on top there. I think he Performs significantly better than some of those other pieces that were traded. That I think that alone makes up the difference um, for what I think might be lacking in the deal. So, those are kind of my thoughts on it. But, right, what do you got? I think you
2: got some spicy you want to talk about. I bring the spice, but right, come on.
1: I, it, so, I, I want to just preface this. I hope it doesn't start a big kerfuffle in the chat. I think this might have been like the single worst. You no, know it will. Yeah, that's fine. The single worst trade that we've probably ever had, at least that I've seen. And not in a sense that like the deals were but, like that the deals were bad, right? I think this just completely destroyed expectations for what moving like some of these people like should look like. Um, yep. and I don't I don't think that this needed to happen if the, the goal was Jalen Hurts and only Jalen Hurts. If it was more, that's fine. Um and I'm not, I'm not faulting either side for, like, taking the value where they get it, right? Like, obviously, Sean likes to get all these pieces, and, and uh, Nate is happy to get who he wants. But I think that this just dropped a hand grenade into the trade market for no other reason than it did. You know, like, because somebody wanted this to happen. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of players, like, I, I'll be honest with you, like, I don't see a whole lot of, like... I, and Sean would probably know what did it do to your like projected points. I know once again projected points aren't aren't the be all end all, but it's probably about the same, right? Like, I think uh, Ye- Nate was a- yeah. Th- Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think for like the if to use ESPN's projections for whatever they're worth, um, I think on the week if I took the deal I was up like 0. 0.8 points, so it wasn't a lot. Yeah. And I think on the year it was eighteen. Right. 12 using their like yearly trade thing for whatever that's worth. But, but your point remains is that, yeah, I don't think it's as lopsided as it is when you take what they each, what it brings to the team as a whole, um, for sure. But yeah, I get, I get what you're saying that it definitely did adjust value. I think everyone already, or some of the managers held a value that quarterbacks were at a premium and the top quarterbacks were at a major premium. I think this was the first result of that. Um, and we'll see if it plays out in terms of a draft, in terms I, of a strategy. Right? I, see,
1: I actually, I actually, I don't think that this set that expectation, and I don't, I don't want to get. I think it set that expectation, but I don't think that it should have because when I look at this, let's to use ESPN's value and Once again, I know that that's not the best way, but basically they said it's an eighteen point premium, right? Like on a year, mm-hmm. is that really like a premium at that point, or are you just saying that like yeah, you can just like. Equivalent value is what should be swapped for a quarterback. You know what I mean? um I think overpay is something like, you know, we cut out big pieces of this and like, you know, Nate just gives you all these pieces and and you send him lesser value back for no reason other or like, excuse me, sorry, my run out of battery on my phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. You you send him back like you know Curtis Samuel to replace um, Waddle, right? Do you know what I mean? Does that does it make sense what I'm trying to say? I'm probably phrasing this poorly. Yeah. Way,
2: yeah, I think, I think what you're getting at. And I think that's – and then this is where we divert from what ESPN thinks. Like, I, I was a big Singletary guy going into the season. I still am. I still think he finishes in the top 30. Um, but he just hasn't won that job as securely as I thought he might. Sure. Uh, and now, again, this was pre-trade deadline. So now that Naeem Hines is there, he's going to take, you know, four targets a game from him, maybe you know, three or four touches – I just, you know, I, I, I think that for me, there is more value in this than maybe, like, projections would put out, at least on my own personal opinion of these guys. Sure. Um, so I, I, I got, like, where Nick was coming from, that he thought it was not a he, – he didn't like the value in the trade, and I get that. Um, I, I can respect that that opinion, um, even if I disagree with it. But, you know, um, but I think your point remains is that it did definitely kind of shake up how people view what it takes to pull uh, an elite quarterback or an elite anything for that matter, but in this case, a quarterback, um, you know, and make it impactful. I think it's your point is that you don't feel like the deal is necessarily impactful enough to have justified all this. Movement. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I think
1: you're getting at. I, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair summary. Yeah.
0: I think uh, it being the worst trade is a extremely hot take. Wow. Well, uh, th- there have been some worse. <laughs> Trust me, no, there no. have been
2: some worse. He hasn't been around, but you haven't any been any here, more. so rightfully
0: so <laughs> for your duration. And I know what you mean. Not worse in terms of like one side is getting an absolute steal right. over the other side. It's just mm. more so like, what was the point of this trade type worse that right. it was just one of those things that right. I think the you're both pretty impact, even. Right, the well, potential yeah. impact it has on the trade.
1: To, 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 to an example, me and Sean had been talking. You know, and I'll, I'll share this now because the deal, this deal is done. Um, before this deal even like came up we had gone to a concert and we had started talking like hey what about like tough and jalen Hurts? Do we want to figure something out there and i think we also shied away from it because we were just like it's just shuffling pieces and there's no you know what i mean we're just shuffling big pieces around and there's nothing here that is like this improves both teams significantly you know and i, I could be wrong right like i'm wrong a lot with football like i own that you know what i mean Um, I just, I see that as more of like shuffling. This is just shuffling of pieces. Um, And then we included a big name, or excuse me, quarterback. So now people think this is what it takes to move a big, big name quarterback. Um, And I, once again, I could be wrong. I had not um, really done anything for, you know, done any major attempts at at a big quarterback, but that's just what my interpretation of what this did and kind of set um, for
0: yeah, I will say from from past experience being in this league, you know, from the very beginning, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> with even with trades like this, um, I think a lot of managers in this league have their own values, mm-hmm. and they usually don't get dissuaded very easily with trades like this. The market generally does not shift uh, because of a deal like this. You know, managers have their own values, and it's a pain in the ass when you have a league of managers that know each other's values yep. the way that we do. Because it's it's very can be very difficult to get a trade to go through. Uh, You know, most of guys have opposite values on specific pieces, and I think that will continue to stay the same. I don't think this trade, in terms of shaking up the quarterback market, in terms of getting a big name, uh, I don't think that'll really change much. Um, We've had a couple other moves before with some big name QBs swapping back and forth, but. uh, I do understand as a, as a, as a newcomer, first guy into the first year in the league and not really knowing any previous history in terms of the trades that we've made completely get the take on this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, big trade That's what five by five piece right there or five by six, whatever it was. Um, still a big trade. Um, you know, I, I do agree while I do like Nate Sut just a little bit more merely because the Jalen hurts again, I don't, I don't think there was much to be added or subtracted on either side. That really, you look at this and justified it truly in terms of like, okay, this is these five pieces needed to move to pull in these five or six pieces. You know what I mean? I think it definitely could have been done with less pieces, but again, it's it's when you're trading, you want pieces that you like over yours. There's obviously pieces in this trade that you pulled in that you just liked a little bit more, even though the SPN value uh, was equal. Uh, and I will say, like Jalen Waddle, love Jalen Waddle love him as a player and i love him as a piece i have him in three of my dynasty leagues like it's just a guy that i love for the future Uh, and in a redraft he has great value um and again russell wilson's a solid piece to bring in for jalen hurts it's not a great piece but i think it's a solid piece to bring in for jalen for coverage i mean
1: i
2: didn't think that high of him him, (laughs)
1: yeah here's what i will say with taking my my a flaming hot take out of this. I, I I don't think this is bad, right? Like I, I think that this is this is fine. Um, like you, I think that like Jalen Hurts is who I want the most out of all this because I'm a big believer in like. And I know I said it even earlier in this podcast. Positional value to me is huge, right? Like I want a guy that I know will outscore somebody in their position because of who they are. Cup. I pretty much guarantee that he's gonna you know outscore whoever I have across from him, you know, barring a yep. boom week. Um. Uh. Uh, not Kittle, uh, Kelsey. Same reason, like, I just routinely turn down offers for Kelsey Um, because I just don't – I will take Kelsey over literally anybody else because I know for a fact he's probably going to put 10-plus more points on the other guy, um, barring bad weeks. You know, like, those things happen, but, you know. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah? Yeah, consensus is – this trade probably didn't need to happen, but it was a, a need for a need slash a like for a like. Yeah, I you know, like this guy a little bit more, and that's about and, it. So and uh, that's
1: yeah. a reason for it to happen. I, I respect it. it. Like, yeah, I, I, I like this guy as a perfect. You like bird.
0: these guys, and you want them? Go get them yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the motto, right? right. You're like, you like, yeah. guys, get your guys, right? Yep. right.
0: So, hey, I dig it. Alrighty, going into some less exciting trades, um, <laughs> some trades. Uh, going into that. So, again, we'll go. We'll start off here. We have Macho Man Randy Savage. Nick uh, traded George Pickens to Mike uh, for Greg Dulkich, tight end. Um, I have no strong feelings about this. I do like Pickens, especially after this recent uh, trade week. Obviously, we don't look too much into it, but George Pickens obviously becomes the number one guy. Well, number two, number one guy there pretty quickly uh, with Claypool being out. But, but yeah, even before the trade deadline, whatever the case is, I like the pick inside of this just a little bit more. I think need for a need again. But those are kind of my thoughts on it.
2: What uh, what do you have, Cowles? Yeah, uh, pretty much the same. I mean, I like Dulcich, um, I think. It's upsetting because I can never remember the rookie – or not the rookie, the tight end who was brought in with uh, Wilson, who we thought was going to be the the standout. But clearly Dulcich has taken over for him and actually is producing – um, so, I like him there, and, you know, as a homer, I can't not like Pickens, especially now as a wide receiver, too, and a deep threat down the field. Um, but, yeah, I don't – there's not much in terms of fantasy, like, value or, or change either. either of these guys probably – you like your guys, you got your guys. again. Like, not to hammer it home, but what about you, Barry?
1: Yeah, so I'm a huge George Picken fan, Pickens fan, Um, and I'm going to be honest We with remember.
2: You. We remember where you drafted I, him. Yep.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. He's the one that got away. Yeah. Um, if he wants to come home, I'll talk. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm a big George Pickens, Pickens fan. Um, I think, once again, he's better in something like a dynasty league, just being honest. Um, that offense needs time to develop. Yeah. And honestly, like, I had been trying to get out of the Steelers offense for a long time, um, which is why I originally moved him. Um, so I like the Pickens side just because I, I like him. I think he's going to be good. I think he is good, um, you yeah. know but like you guys said it's it doesn't make waves or anything like that for me
0: yeah respect all right going to our next trade we have it doesn't matter if mike traded away aj Dillon, the journeyman. aj Dillon has probably been moved around more than anyone in the league so far this year um to the texas rattlesnake and nate for uh, damian harris um yeah again not a big fan of either running back uh, i was higher on aj Dillon earlier in the year um not as much anymore uh, obviously he get some of those red zone carries that I think um Aaron Jones just doesn't get but still relying on a running back in the red zone is just not what you want to do for a running back um, and then Damon Harrison in New England is hit or miss so yeah I think this was probably a pretty even trade for me uh in terms of the running backs that you're getting in but that's
1: just kind of how I felt about it what do you guys think yeah this is just uh, like it's like a one-for-one positional swap I, I, yeah. I don't know that I want either side, to be honest with you. If I had to pick one side, I'd probably want A.J. Yeah. Dillon. Um, but I'm just – I assume that this is just something either would rather liked, you know?
0: Yeah, just a like for yeah. a like. Go get your yeah. guy. That's <laughs> the trend.
2: Not to be redundant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. Yeah, there's not much to this. so um, yeah. yeah, we can probably move the last one on your list, Eddie, and then I think we got a couple more we can.
0: Yeah, we got a couple more that we can talk about after this one. So, very top, we have Rick Flair drip, traded away Taylor Heineke, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones to the excellence of execution, Sean B uh, for Rondale Moore. Um, again, I, I'm going to presume this is just a need for any quarterback, bring in Heineke. He's a guy that you know you can play, and he's going to get you some decent numbers. Um, and then Peoples Jones was just somewhat of a recuperation for Rondale Moore, just to kind of get a little bit more depth. Yeah. Um, so that's the way that I look at it. I do like Rondell Moore, uh, but again, Heineke is is a good piece to have in that Washington offense. He brings a little bit of swagger to that offense, which I think kind of boosts everybody else up around him. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I like it. I think I think that this this one was the one that caused some controversy. I don't know if you read through it all um, today, Eddie. But basically, uh, <laughs> Heineke nope. was was his bye week filler, so he had three quarterbacks on the roster. So he traded to me for Rondell Moore and. Oh, we've done that before. Yeah, uh, that's, um, that's where we that's all, all fell on. Like, yeah, um, yeah. With that being said, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I accepted this, I like actually liked Heineke, and my, my QB room's a mess outside of, like, yeah. so I wanted him. <laughs> and I'm higher on De- Donovan Peoples-Jones because I think, and I hope when Watson comes back, he's got the deep ball, and we get some value out of, <laughs> of Peoples-Jones, um, which is where, and I'm like, yeah, it sucks that I watched mm-hmm. down Moore leave after he had a good week for me, but I'll take the risk at this point, you know?
0: Just curious, where are you
1: in the waivers? Uh, I am towards the bottom, at this point. Okay. Um, uh, okay. I think I'm. I'm, okay. I'm now so. like seven or eight at this point.
0: Okay, so you weren't guaranteed to get Heineke.
1: Oh, well, especially not this Were
0: he to be dropped, and
1: yeah,
2: six quarterbacks.
1: I was. Yeah, I was eleventh before everything adjusted as well. So, yeah. uh, I yeah. was not.
2: I, mean, I, I get the
0: move. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Get a guy now because you're not promised to get him later. So, no, I mean, we've had those types of trades before. Nate does them all the time. Um, He's done them before. I think I've done it before. Um, Again, I don't know what the conversations looked like in the chat in terms of the consensus that it came down to. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. that's just – They've yeah, happened
2: before. Yeah, I don't I, I think like I said it's fine if we put it like I said in league constitution and we figure all that out, but that's an off season conversation. Yeah. Um in terms of this deal, real quick, I actually like boat right side better because I hate Rondell Moore. And the reason I hate Rondell Moore is the reason I hate every Arizona wide receiver not named DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> There's gonna be so much talent there. My yeah. AJ Green, him, Anderson, uh, and then when Marquise Brown comes back off of IR, which should be about Week fourteen, mm-hmm. into the, so into our playoffs. Like you are gonna, they're gonna be spoiled for choice, and I don't know if you know which one to pick if it's not if it's not Hopkins. I think each guy's gonna have a week, so this is a rental for now, and you hope he's the guy of choice. You know, after Week fourteen and into the playoffs,
0: yeah. yeah. So. Prospect it. All right, go into we'll go into some of those uh, newer trades, uh, Cows. I don't know if you have them
2: opened up on your side. Yeah, I got them here. There were just a couple. Um, so let's see. So yeah, uh, so Macho Man Randy Savage, Nate uh, or Nick moved Andy Dalton and Brett Mayer for Justin Tucker. Uh, I think Brett was the kicker was on by this week yeah. and he sent those over to uh jc naked wrestling who needed by quarterback there and andy dalton who I actually like um mm-hmm. and nate gets your nick gets the out and outright uh probably consensus best kicker in the league so you know it's a, another one of those deals any thoughts on that one
0: nothing too much i think moving andy dalton getting yourself a I think a positional need. Uh, obviously, Andy Dalton's not a guy that Nick's going to start on a week-to-week basis. He was just kind of a guy that he was filling in some pieces. So to be able to flip him for uh, the, one of the best kickers in the league, I think it's a
1: really good move on his part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. brings the fault too. It's a need for yeah. a need. All right.
2: And last one, uh, Rick Friedrich. Uh Jake trades away Geno Smith to me, and he's getting back Russell Wilson. Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen. Uh, for this one, this one for me is just about perceived value on those guys. Um, I wanted to upgrade my quarterback. I knew I had the pieces because of the last trade I did to move them, um, and I'm actually really low on the reliability of Keenan Allen. I know, you know, Eddie, uh, don't hang your head too far, man. Uh, you <laughs> kind of gave him. Worked. Gave it him worked out him. a little bit, so I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He gave me for a bag of peanuts, essentially. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, uh, but I, I, you know, I think the, the report, Bo rate said to me, the report, and you confirmed it before recording, that he's not going to play this week. And, you know, he doesn't trust his hamstring yet. And he's not coming back till he does. And so I like Josh Palmer, um, but I would prefer to have the, the quarterback depth in Gino than the unreliability in Wilson and then a you know, whatever Palmer gets you. Yep. But that's where I'm at on it. What about you guys?
0: I think it's... Uh... Crazy to think what the value of Geno Smith is compared to Russell Wilson nowadays. It, <laughs> earlier in the year, someone submits this trade for the season starts. It's all hell's breaking loose yeah, right in the chat. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think how some of these values have significantly declined uh, Geno's QB7 on the year. No one yeah. would have expected that. And Russell Wilson's what, like in the middle of the past? He's 20. Yeah. Yeah. Keenan Allen, has, I don't even think he's, he touched the field once this year. Again, twice, actually. That's a total of 13 points. Again, um, I think it's a good deal. I like your side. I think Geno Smith is on fire, and he will continue to play that way. I, I think the offense that he has built around him and the team that's around him with Lockett and DK, I think works out very well for him. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Getting rid, You're getting rid of risk, bringing in something that's going to get you your points. So, very on brand.
2: That's it. Yeah. I have a theme, if nothing else. What about you? Yeah, Ryan? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, like, like you said, I think that, that acquiring Geno Smith is just good all around. Like, that's just a good quarterback you can rely on, hopefully. Um, and I, I think I would make the same move if I'm being. I, I want nothing, no part of Russell Wilson. Um, I, I had seen like in the talks with people about Russell Wilson for like most of the season because I think people have just been kind of passing them around because he's just not, he's not it, you know. The upside's
0: there, but he's just not giving you enough. So it's like, eh, you might be able to take a risk yeah. on him for a low price. And I, and, yeah. I just
1: basically, like, if Russell Wilson was involved, I was just like, nah, I don't, I don't want any part of that guy, you know? So yeah. I, I I would make the same move, to be honest with you. And I'd probably package him up nicely to get rid of him. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Give, give him some nice yeah. in return for him. And, I mean, that's kind of what happened. Keenan Allen was probably that little piece that you dangled and was like, mm, now this guy. And then, you know, people will bite on it. So, uh, again, I, I drafted Keenan early. Uh, not the biggest fan of him coming into the year. It's just he had a decent week one and then he got hurt. And it's just hamstrings are not a wide receiver's friend. You know, you hurt your hamstring as a wide receiver. It's like you're extremely inconsistent for the rest of the year, just because that's a very important muscle in your body yeah. when you're running routes. So, uh, Yeah, obviously didn't want to give him away for the price that I did, but seeing how he went right now to this deal, I don't feel as bad about it because it's it's not going to be playing too much. yeah. Yeah.
2: It it at least brings the value. Yeah, In scope scope anyways. So, uh,
0: but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I had for us this week. Uh, I don't have anything additional added to this podcast. Obviously we had two weeks to catch up on, so I didn't want to get too pretty with some of these segments. You know, kind of wanted to clear some of these things to catch us back up. But, uh, do you guys have anything that you want to mention uh, before we end it?
1: No, I think that about covers it for mine. boat, right? No, I'm, I think that was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah? All right. Well, again, appreciate you guys for hopping on this week. Uh, had a blast. This is probably one of my more favorite episodes that I've recorded so far this year. Um, it's great to have you on again, Boatwright. Um, I think you signed up again later this year uh, to go at it. Did I? Maybe I'm thinking of Sean. Yes, yes you, uh, did. Oh, I uh, no, you, you did. No, you, you, yeah,
2: you did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, whether you did or you didn't. You, did. you didn't. You did. <laughs> did. Today was
0: your audition, and you passed, so you're back on again oh, later, yeah. later. So, uh, right. but no, it was it was a blast having you yeah. on. Um, it's always fun to have different people on the podcast. I think for the most part, we've almost had everyone on. Uh, yeah. Kyron has been in the league since the beginning, and he still <laughs> hasn't even gone on the podcast, so we got to get him on. It's <laughs> on Kyron. So, uh, come on. you got to sign up one of these days. But, uh Again, pleasure having you guys on. Uh, It was always really fun to have you have some guests on, so appreciate it. Y'all have a good one.
1: Have a good one. Thanks for having me.
0: Yep.